Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. Every year we're told that this is the most important election of your lifetime, and nothing ever changes. Today, I want to talk with you about how to create real change in your life, the kind of change that lasts and makes a difference. Highlights of the series to this point from Joshua have been these main points, that God kept his promise to Abraham made generations previously to bless the world through his descendants. Regardless of where life took them or who was in charge, whether it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Pharaoh, or Moses, one thing remained the same. God was always in control, no matter who was in charge. Before receiving his blessing of their promised land, God reminds them that the wise choice will always be to obey him. And in a moment of clarity, an angel reminds Joshua, the question is not, is God on our side? The greater question is, are we on his side? The reason why that's significant is because we serve a God who's a 20-mile God. In the story of crossing over the Jordan River, the water stopped 20 miles ahead. And by the time their feet hit the water, everything stopped. Everything looks like it's going according to plan. And then, because the Bible's real with real people and real-life scenarios, all of a sudden their own disobedience knocks the wheels off of their wagon. It rattles their confidence in God. It wasn't supposed to be this way. The walls of Jericho fall, but then it falls apart in a meaningless, insignificant skirmish in the hills of Ai. Joshua tears his clothes as an indication of how torn up he is with uncertainty and lies face down in the presence of God, represented by the Ark of the Covenant. And he's there all day. What happens next will help us understand what it takes to make real change in our life. Today, we try to get ahead, but it seems like nothing ever changes. The first thing that has to happen is to check your own heart. Stop looking for somebody else to blame. Check your own heart. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Yeah, you guessed it. This incident in Joshua 7 is going to revolve around money and greed and how that can compromise their heart and sabotage their desire for significant change. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus would say this, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his own soul? It was an amazing thing. I mean, you know that there are plenty of ads, and ads cost money on TV. But it's just staggering to me that during this most recent political campaign, one billion with a B, $1 billion 
was raised to elect Joe Biden in the name of the poor and middle-class Americans. What kind of difference do you suppose that amount of money would have actually made if it went to the people? Now, before you supporters of Donald Trump get too smug, he raised $950 million. The total spent by politicians during the 2020 election, $14 billion. $100 million was spent in South Carolina, just one state, trying to defeat one candidate. Another $100 million was spent in Kentucky trying to defeat one candidate. Do you think that maybe that kind of money would have made a difference in somebody's life? I mean, they could have almost given, you know, $100,000 to every resident in the state. But here's the thing. People don't give that kind of money out of the kindness of their heart. They expect something back. That money is a down payment, and they expect to collect after the election. That's the reason God wanted Paul to warn a young pastor named Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10. He tells him of the danger that lies ahead. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people crave it so much that they've wandered away from their faith and have caused themselves a lot of grief. The decisions we make for money almost always end up coming back to bite us, don't they? Just before Joshua 7, in chapter 6, verses 18 and 19, as they are about to attack Jericho, God tells them this, the silver and gold and everything made of bronze and iron belong to the Lord. That's a key phrase. All of those riches belong to the Lord and must be put into his treasury. Be careful to follow these instructions, because if you see something you want and take it, the Lord will destroy Israel. So then you get into Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, and look what happens. The Lord had said everything in Jericho belonged to him, but there's this guy named Achan from the tribe of Judah. And he took some of the things from Jericho for himself. And just like God said, the Lord was angry with the Israelites because one of them had disobeyed him. What's that got to do with creating real change? Well, when Joshua is all torn up about how bad things are and he's kind of freaking out about the future and whether or not God's going to bless them or has this whole thing been a waste of time, here's what God said. In Joshua chapter 7, verses 10 through 12, he said, They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. They have not only stolen them, but they've lied about it and hidden them among their own personal belongings. This is why the Israelites are running for their enemies in defeat. For now, Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I can guarantee you, as leader of the army, that was the last thing that Joshua wanted to hear. Was it too late? Was there anything they could do to turn it around? Does it seem to you like you're always having to turn things around and start over again and can never really move forward in your faith? Maybe it's because of A, you've not ever dealt with the hidden sin in your life, or B, because you've not ever held people accountable for their hidden sin. God's people have gone from being blessed by God 
to the point where they're now ready to be destroyed by God. If you're a believer and you care about America, you know that we've been blessed by God. And if you're a believer, you also know that America is about to the point where we would expect to be destroyed by God without repentance. Joshua didn't personally do this. He didn't personally steal it, but God uses the plural, they and them, because he allowed it to happen. Just like we never hold anyone in Washington accountable for anything, even when they get caught. The list is too long to lay out now. God doesn't want to hear us just crying. God wants, us to, wants to see us repenting. God, who sees our heart, knows how much we're driven by our greed for money, power, and control. And that pretty much sums up politics, doesn't it? Money, power, and control. That's why Jesus called out the hypocrisy of it all. So what can we do to create real change? Here's the second thing. You can hold people accountable, everyone, without exception. The inspiration for the image of Lady Justice is just this. Justice should stand firmly on the law. And if so, it will crush the snake of deceit and lies. Unbiased fairness is typified by not only the scales, but also the blindfold across Lady Justice's eyes. And the sword in her hand? Accountability. That means everyone is held accountable, regardless of race, color, party affiliation. <laughs> it just, it, it is beyond belief, isn't it? You probably saw this same image of what was happening when a reporter was talking about the mostly peaceful protests, while behind him a car burned in the background. Now, if that's a peaceful protest, I'd hate to see what a rowdy one would be. There's nothing to see here, though. Pay no attention to that car back there. President Trump was mocked for holding the mainstream media accountable for constantly crying fake news. We heard it so much, it almost just sounded like he was a crybaby. But yet, it really doesn't matter whether you're talking about CNN, Fox News, or MSNBC hee-haw. A journalism student could have done better if they were honest. Oh, yeah, as part of that journalism education, some of those during the recent march in Washington, that was, in fact, a peaceful march supporting President Trump, at least during the daylight quickly turned ugly after dark, when people started to be attacked, multiracial families were attacked by Black Lives Matter. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Those who hate and destroy and want to destroy America made sure that they ripped out the flag of the hands of those who were carrying the American flag, set it on fire. People were coming up to others from behind and sucker punching them in the back of the head, even including a couple in their 60s. Oh, and they actually identified who, who it was that did that. It was a journalism student, someone who should be concerned about free speech. The thing is, no one should get special treatment. That was the inspiration for CCR's classic song during the Vietnam War era, Fortunate son, 
it went something like this. I think you'll recognize it. That song, Fortunate Stun, pointed out the disparity of those who were sent to Vietnam and those who got favored treatment. The ones who were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, well, all of a sudden they got some kind of a special dispensation and they didn't have to go. Or if they did, they got some kind of a cake assignment. But the rest who were not fortunate sons, they were dropped by helicopter right into the very thick of the fight. Justice was intended to be equal, regardless of whether you're a cop, a criminal, a congressman, or a member of the CIA, or even in charge of the CIA. It's because all lives matter to God that justice and accountability for all lives matter. Instead, we've got domestic terrorists that can riot and burn down cities for four months in a row without any charges, or if they do get arrested, they're immediately turned around, marched out the door. They don't even have to raise bail. But if you have Thanksgiving with your family this year, you may go to jail. No wonder people have had it and are saying, not so fast, bucko. I don't think so. There's a reason for the popularity of the Gadsden flag that says, don't tread on me. It simply is that fierce independence that says, you need to back off. You need to be careful where you're stepping. And that kind of holding everyone accountability is what's significant. In verse 13 of Joshua 7, this is what they're told. Tomorrow you will meet with the Lord your God, so make yourselves acceptable to worship Him. Well, the good news is they were given warning. The bad news is they knew the countdown had begun. Talk about the long green mile. They knew that tomorrow they had to come stand before God. Nothing will ever really change until you recommit to being the people of God, no matter what it reveals. Also in verse 13, the Lord said that you have taken things that were set apart for the Lord. You'll never defeat your enemies until you get rid of these things. So let me ask you this. Are there things in your life that you're keeping for yourself that really belong to God? Oh, you're thinking, you know, I don't have millions of dollars or anything like that. Well, how about your kids? Are you so focused on your family? Are you so focused and obsessed about protecting them that you're not giving them to God? No wonder Jesus pronounced a blessing on those who were not offended by him. You hear that in church with, man, I wish, and fill in the blank with the person that you wish was here that day. They really needed to hear that sermon. Well, what about you? You think maybe God thought you needed to hear that sermon because you were the one that was there. You're the one who tuned in. Maybe there's something in this sermon that you needed to hear. In verse 14 of Joshua 7, it says, Tomorrow morning, all the tribes will stand before the Lord. No exceptions, no exclusions. 
all the tribes will stand before the Lord, and he will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. Coming to stand in the presence of God is always something that makes us a little bit nervous, but especially with the idea that God will examine our hearts. Nobody knows another man's guilt, but God has always known the truth about us. That's why Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and following, not everyone who calls me their Lord will get into heaven. I mean, we might be impressed with them. The, the religious people during Jesus' day, the Pharisees, they were really impressive in what they looked like, in the prayers that they offered, in the sacrifices they gave. And yet Jesus says, not everyone who calls on me or calls me Lord will get into heaven. Only the ones who obey my Father in heaven will get in. On the day of judgment, many will call me their Lord. They'll say, we preached in your name, and in your name we forced out demons, and we worked many miracles. But I'll tell them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Get out of my sight, you who break God's laws. Remember what Jesus said at the Last Supper in John 13? One of you will betray me. None of the other disciples at the table knew who it was. Lord, who is it, they said. Which is ironic because they all knew that Judas was their treasurer of the group and they all knew that Judas would take money from the treasury and use it for himself. And even though they knew this about Judas, they had no idea that Judas would actually betray Jesus. When he reveals to them that it was Judas, he turns and says to him, what, you're, what are you waiting for? Go do what you're going to do. You see, Jesus always knew. He loved him anyway, and he served him anyway every day, but he always knew what was in his heart. Well, back in Joshua 7, verses 14 and 15, the Lord will select one family group from that tribe. The Lord will point out the guilty family, and finally, each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. Whoever is caught with the devoted things that belong to the Lord will be destroyed with fire. He's broken a covenant of the Lord and has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Now, I know some of you will read this story and, and you'll read it thinking God is the bad guy. But that's because you clearly don't understand God. And you clearly don't understand sin. And honestly, that's why America and the church has lost God's blessing. We don't understand God anymore. And we certainly don't care about even trying to understand sin either. And that's why Christians lose their blessing from God, just like Achan and just like Judas. Accountability may be a foreign concept to us, especially if you're in Washington, but accountability is not something foreign to God. God says, you want to cheat, steal, lie, and hide what you did to get ahead? You're on your own. And just like he says, you want to cheat, steal, and lie and hide what you're doing while pretending you're okay? I don't think so. Not in my name. So what can we do to create real change? Number three, we can encourage transparency. It's ironic that 66% of Democrats believe that Russia tampered with the vote in 2016 so that Donald Trump could be elected. Now, of course... Later on, we found out that it was really Hillary and the Democrats who were colluding with the Russians, but, you know, never mind. That doesn't matter. 
But now, four years later, why aren't you interested in voter fraud now? Should it not be embarrassing that there are more votes cast in Michigan than there are registered voters? Should that not be the first indication that maybe something isn't right? There's a much greater threat to the integrity of our elections. It's not Russia. It's not China. The greatest threat to the corruption of our elections is corrupt Americans. I believe in Jesus who rose from the dead, but seriously, we've got people voting from the dead. Now, that's impressive. Back in Joshua chapter 7, verse 16 through 19, it says, Early the next morning, Joshua brought all the Israelites to the place of worship. Joshua didn't know or care who it was. He just wanted to know the truth. And if we're honest about the election results, we just want to know the truth too. Without that, we've lost everything. It shouldn't matter who you voted for. We all, Democrats and Republicans, should demand transparency. We should demand to know that we can count on our elections being true. One by one, each tribe came before to stand in the presence of the Lord. He chose the tribe of Judah. So all the families of Judah stood before the Lord, and then he chose the clan of Zerah. And when all the families of Zerah stood before the Lord, that's when he chose the family of Zimri, and then one by one, each family member of Zimri was brought before the Lord, and Achan was singled out. You're reading a prophetic illustration of Judgment Day. Each one individually comes to stand before God, like separating the sheep from the goats. Joshua looks at Achan and says, Give glory to the Lord God of Israel by telling the truth. Make your confession to Him and tell me what you've done. Don't hide anything from me. You see, each day we're called to honor God with complete transparency. And if you're looking to make some changes that will make a lasting difference in your life, that's where it starts. You have to be completely transparent. You have to be committed to the truth in your life about who we are and what we've done. I mean, after all, God already knows the truth. He just wants us to be honest with Him and admit it, kind of like we do with our own kids, right? In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The easy-to-read version actually phrases it this way. If we confess our sins, we can trust God to forgive us. There may not be a more impactful phrase in the Bible. Can you trust God to forgive you if you're honest with Him? He always does what's right, and He will purify us from all sin. Don't wait until it's too late, like Achan, to be transparent with God. Number four, what can we do to create real change? You have to be willing to tell yourself no. The lie that we've been told in school is that we're all evolving, getting better and better. Science and you know, genetics, we, we just, we're getting better all the time. And yet everything around us tells us that that's not true. I mean, try to set bananas out on the counter and see if they get better and better. Or that jug of milk that sits in the back of the refrigerator. Does he get better and better? 
or your health. If you don't do anything except still lay on a couch and continue to eat like it was Thanksgiving every day, is your health going to get better and better? The same thing's true of human nature. Given the opportunity, people and elections will get worse and worse, especially when they see others constantly getting away with everything. That's why mail-in ballots were such a dumb idea. You talk about something that was guaranteed to produce fraud. I wonder what could possibly have gone wrong with that. America does not believe thou shalt not lie anymore. We'll do whatever we think we can get away with. And if you live your life by what's in it for me or what will make me feel better, I can guarantee you this, you are no longer walking with God. If you're cutting corners every day, lying to family, lying to your friends, lying in business, just so you can get ahead, you've let go of God, just like Achan did. And God will remove His presence and His hand of blessing from your life. Because God does not, God will not bless dishonesty. It's completely contrary to His nature. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. God refused to tolerate even one cheater. In Joshua 7, verse 20, Achan replied, It's true, I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. What happened? What went wrong? Well, it's a pretty familiar story. In verse 21 and 22, Achan says this, I saw a beautiful Babylonian robe. I saw 200 silver coins. I saw a gold bar. And I wanted them for myself. So I took them. I dug a hole under my tent and I hid them and he put the silver underneath it all. It's the Genesis account of Adam and Eve's fall all over again. For just like Eve saw the fruit that was good to eat and took it, so also Achan saw it, wanted it, and took it for himself. It's kind of what 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 warned us about, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. It's also a repeat of Judas and his betrayal of Jesus, isn't it? I mean, the only problem that Judas had with Jesus was that one time when someone anointed him with oil, and he disagreed how the money was spent. That could have been used for the poor. Kind of sounds like a politician today. Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. In his mind, Judas thought, I've got a better idea. Kind of sounds like a political ad you may have heard. I'm middle-class Joe from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I'll look out for the little guy. Really? You may have heard that, unfortunately, he lost a, an adult son named Bo to cancer. Afterwards, he started up a nonprofit to raise money for cancer research. And in the next two years... They spent $3.7 million of that money that was raised for cancer research on salaries for themselves. Zero on cancer research before finally shutting it down so he could run for president. Now that's not a slamming what appears to be President-elect Biden. Nearly as much as it's an illustration of people who always find a way to get more for themselves. Paul would write to Timothy in chapter 4, verse 7 in his first letter and say, you need to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself. That means 
not just forcing yourself out of bed to go, you know, run or work out, but it also means saying no to other things. Why do we have such a hard time handling shutdown orders? Because we're not used to being told no. Why do we have such a hard time telling ourselves no? Because it wouldn't be good for our relationship or our relationship with God. It's because we lack the willingness to say no. One last thing, what can we do to create real change? Look for the stolen items that are hidden in your own tent. After hearing Achan say that everything was buried underneath his tent with a silver buried deep underneath it all, Joshua sent men to his tent and they found the hidden things. They spread them out on the ground before the Lord and before Israel. And it was at that point that he lost everything. As you read that verse in Joshua 7, some of you have a really hard time grasping the concept. It just won't seem fair. But they took everything that was stolen, even the things that were buried deep underneath everything else. And they took his family, and they took his flocks, and his herds. Apparently, Achan was a fairly wealthy individual. They took them all to a valley, stoned them, burned them, and then piled up rocks on top of them. And that valley is called the Valley of Achan which means the valley of trouble. The very things that Achan thought would make his life better ended up taking his life and his families as well. There's so much outrage over the election. That election was stolen! Let me ask you this. What have you been stealing from God? Burying it deep so that no one would find it. So only you would know where it was. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, the prophet said, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. And their response was, What? Who? Me? When? How? And he reminds them that they have kept the tithes and offerings for themselves. The principle, quite honestly, is this. Give to the Lord what's His, or He may take what you think is yours. As Jesus says, you can't serve God and money. Achan learned that, and so did Judas. Hopefully we will too, before it comes to that point. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldorf Road, Marysville, Ohio 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.